0: Welcome back, listeners. Brad Christensen here, bringing you another exciting episode of Lost in Hyperspace, brought to you by Surrealist Pictures. Episode 4, Crowdfunding and Online Distribution. So this week, we are going to be talking about crowdfunding and whether it can be a viable way to get funding for your film. Later on in the episode, we will get into social media content, such as webisodes and films made for online streaming services. So this is going to be another solo episode, since a lot of the information I will be dealing with is based on my personal experience with these subjects. The journal didn't do as well as I had hoped on the crowdfunding scale, and some of the mistakes and insights I found along the way have proven very useful. First thing I will note about crowdfunding is that to me it feels like stepping into a casino or taking a lottery ticket. People seem to generate more success when there is a marketable product or experience people can have. With a film, they don't have much beyond who is making it and a rough idea of the plot. Unless you are a celebrity or have a giant social media following, these are obstacles you will need to overcome. One way I've seen people overcome these obstacles is by pitching an idea that goes viral. And sometimes getting something to go viral means doing ridiculous things. So one of the great stories I remember when trying to get our film crowdfunded was, uh, I'm always going to remember this, somebody decided that they were going to make a movie about boobs that devoured people Yes, I'm talking true killer tits. How does this happen, you may ask? Well, it's the internet, folks, and you are going to be up against project of all types and sizes. Uh, yeah, I went there. Not that I am even into the tits, but if they are trying to eat me, I, like any other sane person, would run. Or in this case, wonder what the hell am I watching. However, for every bad or weird media project that gets funded, there are plenty of great ones looking for funding. Just recently, several new and successfully funded projects have caught my attention. Most recently, Mystery Science Theater 3000 was brought back with a Kickstarter campaign, and of course, one of my favorite video games, Abduction, wouldn't exist without Kickstarter. Abduction, for those of you who don't know, is the spiritual successor to Myst, Chuck Carter, another great artist who was part of the original team for that game, also just had one of his projects, Zed, by Egray Games, successfully funded. Zed is a video game based off worlds realized in dreams. I suggest you check out the Kickstarter for more information on that game, which is currently in production. Abduction, on the other hand, is already out and is available on GOG.com and Steam. I definitely recommend playing it. So next question you might be asking yourself is, should I crowdfund? Well, it depends on the type of project you are doing and the outreach of your social media networking. If you're like me and don't have a considerable following yet, then you might want to reconsider. Most of the successful projects are done by celebrities and companies that already have a good following. The second question is, does my project have a wide appeal? And this is an important question because some things that we think have a wide appeal might not be cared about by others the same way that we care about them. It's easy to convince ourselves and others that we know that an idea is cool, but convincing a stranger is a whole different matter. Lastly, don't trust any of the crowdfunding booster services, at least not for film and media, because they don't work. If your idea doesn't catch on, then consider another means of funding and save your extra money. Remember, crowdfunding is unpredictable and don't take it personally if it doesn't work in your favor. One last note on social media. It takes a lot of time to figure out and gather a following. If you are struggling to get your voice heard, I am with you. Just keep doing what you love, and eventually people will recognize you for it. So moving on to the next subject, I've recently been checking out quite a bit of shows out there, especially for podcasting. I'm a huge fan of Indie Film Weekly by No Film School, and I'm very inspired by the opportunities that go along with social media produced content. Examples of that kind of content include this podcast as well as shows that are specifically designed for YouTube, Facebook, and other social media-based platforms. To me, a lot of it feels like a mixed bag in terms of quality content. Some of these shows are aimed more toward getting as many views as possible, which often means having ridiculous plots taking place and often include just plain bad acting and, well, their idea of comedy. For film, Netflix has been very beneficial in bridging the gap between online indie distributor and serious festival-seeking filmmaker. In Sundance 2017, the film I Don't Feel at Home Anymore now joins Whiplash and Beasts of the Southern Wild as winners of the Grand Jury Prize, a very coveted prize at that festival. But content that has been made specifically for any kind of online release has a completely different feel than a lot of festival-winning films. To further emphasize its rejection of classic movie rating systems, Netflix has just recently replaced its star ratings with a thumbs up and thumbs down system, which kind of reminds me of what Facebook has. What are they gonna do next, smiley faces? To me, this signifies that the gap between cinematic content and social media content is closing. Whether all of this is a good thing is up for debate. So one of the great resources, if you're interested in this topic, is IndieWire. They have a lot of great articles out that compare traditional cinematic content to the rise of the online distributed movie. In an article that I will link to in this podcast, they argue that the quality of a film is becoming less important because Netflix originals are tablet and laptop movies, or watch-while-updating Twitter movies. I can understand this, because when you're really watching a movie without distractions, like in a theater, how good or bad it is will become much more apparent when you have your full attention to it. Netflix content isn't so much a movie or cinematic experience as it is just content. My personal example would be Adam Sandler. As much as some people like his movies, he wasn't having much success in the box office. Jump onto Netflix and all of a sudden people are loving Sandy Wexler, which I personally had trouble watching once I had gone through five minutes of it. And no, I wasn't able to finish it. That's not to say that the move away from the cinematic is a bad thing. First, people now tend to choose which movies they see in theaters a lot more carefully because of the expense. People will often say variations of, I'll wait for the release, or it'll be available on Netflix soon, for films they are unsure they really want to see in theaters. At the indie film level, it is difficult and expensive to give films a theatrical run. Many filmmakers, including myself, have had very few of their films shown in theaters. So as much as IndieWire has a point so far as the shift in content production goes, it doesn't mean that where the future is going is necessarily bad. Netflix in particular, I feel, has really excelled in episodic content. Stranger Things and A Series of Unfortunate Events are two very good series that I recently enjoyed. I can't wait for the second series of both of these shows. However, coming back to the topic which IndieWire brought up, I think the main argument they have is that cinema is experience. Do movies that only have a release on Netflix get seen less than mainstream cinematic movies? I don't know if I have an answer to that question, but one thing is for sure. As the amount of content increases, it is easier for things to get lost if they don't stand out. What does all this mean for filmmakers? Well, it means you have to fight harder wherever you want to distribute. This is especially true if you want your film to premiere online, where your film is liable to be lost in that sea of content. Traditional cinema also has its problems with hordes of superhero movies and remake after remake after remake after remake. You sick of it yet? How do I feel about all this? Well, I feel like right now cinema is losing a lot of its former magic. Obviously, you still have great films, but with the sea of content that is out there, it is certainly true that the films we are getting are not always of consistently high quality, and many I have watched seem to be dumbed down quite a bit, and others really dumbed down. A co-worker once said something on this subject which I felt really resonated with me. She said back before accessible digital technology, it was much harder to get a film made unless you were really serious about following through. Nowadays, though, everybody is a writer because even if they shouldn't be, if they have a popular enough online following, they will get their film made. It evens the playing field because everyone has a chance to do their project, but she said it makes people who are good at their jobs that much more valued. So to close this podcast, I will say that online distribution, despite its faults, still represents a tremendous opportunity for filmmakers. And I always believe that if you can produce high-quality content, that there is always going to be a place for you in this market. Despite the fact that it's changing, there is always going to be a place for good writers and filmmakers. I myself still want to one day make it to Hollywood and produce my own TV series. It's easy to get lost in that sea of content, but making yourself stand out is more important now than ever before. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts or feedback on this subject, please be sure and leave your comments on the Surrealist Pictures SoundCloud page under this track. Also be sure and share our podcast on Facebook and Twitter, plus like and follow us for the latest updates.